Welcome to Credits Due, the podcast where we usually break down one actor's filmography, a movie at a time. Uh, but today we have a extra credits episode for us where... Ooh, ooh what does that mean? Um, I'll tell you what it means. It means that we're just going to talk about some shit. And <laughs> uh, just some stuff that is on our minds that's, uh, you know, uh, digging through our brains or whatever. Um, <laughs> and we're just going to have a good time. So uh, I'm Ben Cron, and joining me is Tyler Owen. Yes, that is me. That's my name. Uh, and Neil Potter. Yo, yo, yo. <laughs> um, and thank you, every- thank you guys for joining us. Uh, and... So let's get a uh, let's uh, get chatting, guys. Um, so um, <laughs> one of the greatest conversation starters of all time. Insert let's transition get chatting. Here. Sit down and let's start chatting. Get those mouths a flapping. <laughs> um, so guys, we're deep into Game of Thrones season uh, right now. Um, as of right now, that we're recording. There's only been two episodes, I believe. Uh, We're on just the eve of the third episode. But um, I think when this podcast will be posted, I think there will only be one episode left of Game of Mm. Thrones. So all of our listeners know uh, that, you know, the Night King has killed everyone in a (laughs) gruesome fashion. Uh, But we do not know that yet. (laughs) Except for Ben, who's a green seer. Yeah, yes. Uh, I'm the three-eyed raven. Yes. Uh, so one of the things that I kind of wanted to talk to you about, uh, since I, uh, Tyler and I, we're watching it live, I believe, and uh, Neil is going to binge this last season. Correct. Um, but so I've been watching live, and for all, most of, actually most of this um most of this whole series of Game of Thrones, uh, I've been listening to recap podcasts. And those are uh, podcasts that basically, after the episode airs, they talk uh, talk about the episode and break down the episode. Um, this is something that has been like really popular um, f- in like blogs. They'll do like recap write-ups. But mm-hmm. it's kind of becoming more popular lately in podcast form, and especially around Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Uh, one because everyone is talking, everyone is watching Game of Thrones, uh, and also like there, especially early on in this show, there was like there's so many characters and families and cities like that. It was hard to keep a track. It was hard to keep track of like what exactly was happening on the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a recap podcast was very, um, it was very, uh, it was a good resource for me to listen to and kind of like work through what exactly I watched uh, earlier that week. Um, and then just this, uh, this week, I just noticed that I'm listening to like five recap podcasts uh, all <laughs> about the same show. Yeah, all about Game of Thrones. <laughs> so, what do you? Uh, so, I'll say that I guess I kind of can relate to that because I listen to probably 
three different podcasts that are all like gaming news related. Mm-hmm. So, like, what is it about Game of Thrones that makes you that like voracious about consuming <laughs> the information? Because I can't imagine there's that much difference between them as far as is it just the personalities in the discussion that you're listening for or is there actually new information to be gleaned from or new insights from each one? Uh, well, for that last question, uh, no, there's absolutely not. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, it's a lot of the same. It's a lot of the same insights um, almost across every podcast. Um, the personalities is what makes makes me keep listening to them. I think, mm-hmm. um, and all like at the start, I I was listening to them like really just to like uh, be like, oh, okay, that's who that person was, and that's what that person did, you know, three seasons ago. Yeah, um, uh, and it's also like. I think two of the podcasts I listen to are a weekly just television show, like a television podcast. Mm-hmm. So like they're they they've been talking, you know, like news and stuff and like talking about the like that week's television and it just mm-hmm. happens that like Game of Thrones is is like so massive that's like taken over. So I'm not necess- they aren't all recap shows. But like now, that like Game of Thrones, like you know, like the Night King and his undead army, like Game of Thrones has taken over everything. Like it's taken <laughs> yeah. over the the minds of all of us. Yeah, um, I, right. there's. Uh, I definitely think that it's a relatively recent occurrence where there has just been this spike in show specific. Uh, podcasts Mm. but like I do remember back in the day kind of where I would listen to just like a general pop culture podcast that like once uh, once a show came out where everyone on that podcast was watching it Mm. the episodes would like become 90% discussion about that show like one of the first I can remember that really did that was Lost and um, oh boy. there was an old uh, there's an old podcast I used to listen to. I don't really anymore, but called the Geek Box, and they used to talk about that show all the time, and I loved it. And so, like, I get the appeal of that. I, I personally just like don't I don't have as much time to listen to podcasts anymore. So, like, my bandwidth for consuming that much about one topic is not nearly as what it used to be. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will I'll throw so maybe you can talk a little bit about which one of those podcasts are your favorites but I'll just mention uh, it's not a podcast but a YouTube channel called Alt Shift X nope. where um, they it's one guy well he, he's got some contributors through a Patreon it's like so popular it has its own Patreon page um, where he just does like extremely detailed cross references to the books and the shows mm. uh, and it's like it's like a distilled conversation from any one of those podcasts I'm sure that you listen to like he he takes only the relevant bits uh, after having like done thorough research 
so it's not just people talking off the cuff, right? Like he, he yeah. has like condensed the information down into like a 20 minute video per episode where it just is like a perfect recap of everything you need to know to get ready for the next episode and like a, a cross section of the potential theories and stuff like that of what could happen. So I'm a huge fan of that one. It's called Alt Shift X, but I'd, I'd be interested to check out some of the podcasts you listen to. Mm. Yeah. My- Oh, go ahead, Neil. Oh, I was just my uh, my consumption of that is strangely very much Australian, <laughs> which is bizarre. <laughs> so bear with me. But like there's this pod- podcast network network called Planet Broadcasting. Their most popular show is the Weekly Planet. It, it's probably their most popular one. And it's really I think only one of the hosts on that show actually watches Game of Thrones. So like <laughs> they don't break down like individual episodes of things, but they will do like big movies, big movie releases. And like they'll touch on games and comics and stuff, too. But they're mostly like movie based. But within that same network, there is a podcast called Aria Talking to Me, okay. which is all, which is their take on the the Game of Thrones one, and it's like a couple of Australian comedians who just talk about. They've talked about every game episode or Game of Thrones episode up until the point, and that one's pretty good. I'm not a fan of one of the hosts though, so like, I I listen to it just to kind of get recapped on the stuff that took place in like the first second and third seasons and then I'm like mm-hmm. ah, I think I kind of remember what's going on now because <laughs> I'm kind of also in Tyler's boat where it's like I don't know if I want to or have the time to listen to that type of show necessarily yeah. where it's like I want something a little more general that will mm-hmm. cover more bases I guess mm-hmm. uh, yeah the two um, I guess uh, I'll recommend two that I'm listening to and then uh, we we close the book on this topic. Uh, um, one is a a cast of kings uh, that is um, hosted by David Chen and Joanna Robinson. And Joanna Robinson is like the lead like recapper. She works for Vanity Fair, and she has a lot of incredible Game of Thrones writing over on that site. Uh, but they host a cast of kings, and that's they break down the episode and they go through like the entire plot. But it's more of a they like critique the show, and they'll talk about like what they think is going to happen, um, like in the next episodes, like speculation and stuff. Um, then the other one, which I've actually recommended on this show, is binge mode. Uh, mm-hmm. That is from The Ringer, and uh, that show started with um they went through every episode of game of thrones but they dropped all the episodes uh weekly Uh, they dropped all the episodes for one entire season on the same day and they did that weekly so like you could go so like when it launched they would drop 10 episodes all about the 10 episodes of season one Mm -hmm. uh so it was very cool like it's a very cool way to like release a podcast and like not many people have done it um, that way. Um, but that is very, they like do a deep dive of like lore like, and they mm-hmm. will talk a lot about the books and like what, like the things that aren't in the show, but are like, uh, like backstory and stuff like that. 
I think I'd actually be more interested in something like that than yeah. maybe drew comparisons from the book rather than just recapping the show because like mm-hmm. I just watched it. I don't really need a ton <laughs> more insight unless it's one of those episodes. Yeah. But yeah, I think uh, you would really like Alt Shift X. That's mm-hmm. that's like oh, his okay. mo. Yeah, I'll check he, that out. And it's in the added uh, the added benefit of having visuals to accompany everything really helps a lot too because oh, it, yeah. it plays clips in the background of the show of the uh, recap and stuff like that. So it, it yeah, it's very helpful. I like that yeah. a lot. Sweet, just subbed. Thank you for that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and he also does like uh, recaps for uh, Westworld, which are very helpful because that show is confusing as fuck. <laughs> yep. yep. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really good detailed stuff for that too. So, are you yeah, still watching just, that show? Westworld. Uh, I'm working my way through season two right now. I ha- I got the I'd never I hadn't watched it because I wasn't subscribed at the time, and now I've got the uh, 4K Blu-rays. So I'm yeah going through that. Cool. Um. All right. What's next, guys? What do we want to talk about next? Um, so you had mentioned the, uh, I think we, we had this on our agenda for the last extra credits episode, but, uh, talking about the future of gaming and cloud services and streaming and all that craziness. And, um, since the last time we were going to talk about it, uh, Google kind of announced their deal. Um, I don't know. I, I, I watched part of that, but I didn't get a ton of details, but, um, I don't know, Ben, did you know much about it? Uh, yeah, I've I've been kind of paying attention to uh, to basically I I don't know if this is like the two like leaders in it, but Microsoft has their Project X Cloud, um, which they haven't they've haven't talked too much about it, um, and then of course then there's Google Stadia, which they've really they had a big showing of it. Um, it's, it, it wasn't was at it GDC? GDC, but it was kind of around that time. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but it was right before it, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I think I, so. I, I want to say it was like a huge spit in the face of everyone else who was going there. Kind <laughs> yeah, of. kind of. Uh, I thought they were going to be actually at GDC, and like the announcement was kind of just purposely tied close to that but i don't even think they showed up there um i could be wrong but well so i i have thoughts from like a game development standpoint since i make games but Mm -hmm. i i'm curious just to like get your guys's thoughts on just the general concept of do you like the idea of a future where you don't own any of your games and you just maybe just subscribe like Netflix and just play a, whatever they have on their service. Like, is that a future you're excited for tepid about or think is stupid as fuck? I, I am in the middle and strangely, I was just kind of talking about this subject the other day about actual physical media. And I was talking to my brother about it and he mentioned that if he even owns a DVD, he'll still rent it just so he doesn't have to go put it in kind of a thing. <laughs> Whoa, like, all right. and so, but like, he's a, big comic book collector like physical book collector mm. so like yeah he's in the middle there and in that conversation i brought up i actually like purchasing physical games for media i don't i don't know why i think it's just because i'm in that weird in-between generation of like still having all the physical media but also still in the streaming world 
I think I could get used to something like Stadia, but like I think I'd kind of be a curmudgeon about it for a little bit. <laughs> mm-hmm. I but I, I, that's a tough one because I really like Netflix, but I think what this is doing is maybe opening the gates to too many to having the streaming problem that we've got now where everyone yep. wants a streaming platform. So mm-hmm. that's kind of where I see it. And I see that being more of a nuisance to me personally, but mm-hmm. that's just my opinion. Um, yeah. So uh, I'm the same. I'm kind of like in the middle. I, I'm really excited for it because I think it, it's just going to open up like possibilities that we've never had before in with video games much like um like digital and streaming has done for movies television and books um but and then one of the things is that what i was excited for is that this kind of this like it kind of eliminates but it also makes it worse this like cross-platform gaming how like um you know it's always it's like okay what hardware do you have like let's play this game but what hardware do you have oh you have you don't have the same hardware that i do um Mm -hmm. like with this it's like oh you're on computer i'm on xbox like you're on a tablet like it doesn't matter like we're still all playing the same game Mm-hmm. Um, and that is something that really excites me, but also it's like, uh, it doesn't actually fix that problem because it's like, oh, you're, I'm on X cloud, but you're on Stadia and <laughs> yeah. maybe we're playing on the same hardware, uh, but we can't like, like we won't be able to play together. Cause you like, you know that, I mean, businesses won't change that tune like we'll still like have that closed garden right look at right. look at sony now sony does not let anyone play ball with them and that's the problem except for fortnite <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, you have yeah. To make, like you have to make them like a billion dollars like weekly <laughs> right. for them yeah. to um yeah um so I'm I'm gonna be a I think I'm a little more optimistic about this potential than maybe either of you guys. I think I mean from a design standpoint, this future really excites me because I think people are really uh, people are really ignoring the potential innovations that this will cause and how it enables more people to play games and like i think a perfect example of this are things like fortnite and um and uh apex legends right like these these are games that um are are based around a concept that existed about 10 years ago in games like mag do you remember that game no (laughs) Okay, By name so alone. Yeah. Mag was a massive action game. It was a Sony exclusive and it was a like 64 player giant uh combat arena thing where like uh there were squads of like six players each that had like a captain and then there was like a commander that commanded six captains or something like that. Whoa. And so like you could get promoted to um like a 
commander or whatever where you'd have like a top-down view of the map and you could help spawn people in and stuff i don't know so weird weird mechanics like that but it was like this big giant battlefield but the problem was it had a barrier to entry of 60 dollar price tag and people weren't sure if it was going to be any good and there was a demo but like the demo didn't do very well but when you have like this free to play option or like a subscription where the barrier to entry is like six bucks a month or whatever yep. or twelve bucks mm-hmm. a month, mm-hmm. like people are way more willing to experiment and try new things and even spend a little bit more time in something different. And then then you get it so that's a problem that's already solved by like free to play games, right? But then there's even the barrier to just literally downloading and installing it and Mm -hmm. for some people that's too much Mm -hmm. so that's why services like this where it literally you just press a button and start playing a game is really fascinating to me because there's literally no barriers anymore like to getting a player into your game it literally all it has to do is look interesting enough for them to click a button yeah so that is really cool And then the little bit that I did see about Google Stadia that got me really excited are some of the things that streaming games enables that you just literally can't do with anything else. And one of those is like this idea that you can have like completely new mechanics in games that don't exist now. Like they showed one game where you could like stream other people's perspectives that are also playing and you Mm -hmm. can like interact with their stream of their game inside your stream of your game and it was just like whoa that is there's like levels of inception almost in the the game and you can do that because it's not running on your hardware like they're using multiple instances with multiple GPUs to Mm -hmm. render out this stuff and then just stream the video to you so like if you're a game that would just require way more resources than a single hardware like console could do, you don't have to worry about that if you're a game developer anymore. Like that opens up a lot of different avenues that you know developers would have written off before because it was too uh, intensive. So, mm-hmm. like those kind of things, when you take away barriers from both developers and players. That excites me. The problem that I think everyone has identified, though, is just the issue of ownership. And yeah. you know what? I'll I'll say it. I don't really give a shit. Like, <laughs> I there are I own a lot of things, and I own a lot of things that sit in a fucking shelf, and I never look at. Right? Right. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, or that I've forgotten I even own, right? Mm. It, it just, it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to me to care that deeply about owning a physical thing or a physical license of something. Right. But I also don't think that ownership is necessarily going to disappear if these streaming platforms take off. Like, we still can rent movies, we can still buy movies, but Netflix is still super popular, right? So, I don't know. I think those dangers are a little overstated and people have a little too much attachment to ownership of media. So, I don't know. I feel like it's a pretty fair trade-off to get these crazy innovations at the expense of just not technically owning something that I would only play for a month anyways, you know? Right. This is like the NASA problem that like NASA can do so much good for people, but like people are hesitant to buy into it. Like, (laughs) but like, I think, yeah, like I think it, it will bring about more positive changes than it will detract. It's just my only thing is like when I, I guess, 
my gaming experience is not just gonna isn't like anything like anybody else's so or i like to be like in my house in my like in the specific place doing this specific thing where it's like that's not whatever that's not everybody's apparently so or should it be i think you should all play video games like me no i'm just kidding but um <laughs> but yeah that i think you're you're gonna get a broader audience with all this stuff anyway so like I mean, it, I think all the people who are really doom and gloom about this are just they they're kind of like the, the Simpsons meme of old man yelling at the cloud, you know, like <laughs> yeah. quite yeah. literally yelling at the cloud. So, um, shit. yeah, I, I think you're right, Tyler. I mean, mm-hmm. I think the barrier of entry um, that this opens up is really exciting. Um, right. And then I think what I mean, I also think there's just too many unknowns. Um, also like uh, Google has kind like they've said the most about their service but also like we just don't know like pricing or what's going to be available on there yet yeah there's a lot of question marks for sure and so that's like it's kind of I mean when more becomes clear I think it'll be it'll be a lot easier to get excited or um, you know to talk to talk more like about issues and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, it'll be interesting. I mean, I assume that everyone's will be a subscription service uh, because that just makes, I that just makes sense, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, Microsoft's already kind of doing it with their Game Pass where mm-hmm. it's not streaming, but it's a subscription service for games and people seem to love it. So yeah. I just have too big of a backlog of games I own already that I haven't jumped in on that. But mm-hmm. uh, I mean, I imagine like if the next generation of consoles has like a streaming option with a subscription, and a bunch of this generation games are backwards compatible through that streaming yeah. mm-hmm. fucking day one i'll buy that subscription you know oh yeah right. it seems like a no-brainer right um, it's totally true. yeah also uh fuck google like i don't trust them like doing <laughs> this correctly um yeah, yeah. that's totally like, fair totally fair just knowing like one the like bullshit they get into with ads and then like also that like they only make money from ad revenue Mm -hmm. i'm just like you know we've all been like freaking out about ads you know there's ads on our consoles like ui but it like hasn't quite made it into games yet and it's like you know google is gonna you're gonna have to watch 30 second ad to, oh, yeah. before you play this game right right you know well i want to say that there's there's already been some of that with maybe some of the game pass games like i Ooh. think there's like a one of the racing games, one of the maybe one of the forza games has uh has billboards in it that update oh, yeah. it, oh, really? uh regularly for new advertisements in game so like that mm. that kind of shit is like oh that's weird but I think it again. It's just going to become commonplace, and people are going to forget that it was ever a big deal. Ugh, so, yeah. I mean, whether that's good or bad, I'm not saying. But like, it's. It, I can't imagine it being something so profound that people are like they uh, reject it completely and it fails. It, it's more of just like they're going to tweak the algorithms and shit until people stop complaining, and th- oh, that'll yeah. just be the new I mean, normal. That I mean, I am not arguing against that like yeah, we're yeah. totally 
Like we will take yeah. convenience over yeah. anything. Right. We can um, we can rant against Google all day and still use Gmail. So you yeah, know. Yeah. Right. <laughs> now, and what do you think? What do you think about this one, Tyler? Just from like a creator standpoint. So think of like how they've granted like YouTube's not necessarily going to be the same, but think of how YouTube a lot of like their high end YouTubers get boned like yeah because well, of or like even the smaller ones really or, or, yeah actually it's probably more or less the smaller ones but like yeah. that is gonna that definitely has to bleed over into the same type of game developers who want to be on Stadia too I'd imagine like yeah uh, and that's in, so yeah that line between like indie and AAA is really <laughs> weird right now because the industry is in such flux with these new technologies and stuff so it's it's very weird like another part of this we haven't really talked about is apple has their new subscription gaming service that they're launching Mm -hmm. and they have like 500 million dollars being pushed to mobile developers for that service that they're investing in and and so it's like and that is like a that's like a service that's like xbox game pass where you pay a monthly subscription and you just get x number of games for free yeah Um, or for not for free but for that subscription payment and but they're you know they're generating uh, they're investing in exclusives and Mm -hmm. like people can talk that down all they want but like sometimes as a developer you need stability like that in order to enable you to make cool shit like Mm -hmm. you can't you can't spend i i mean uh, uh, just as an aside i spent six years developing a mars exploration game and this last month i like uh, well back in january i actually had to end development because it just wasn't profitable and last month i found someone to sell the ip to who's going to continue developing it and like it felt like i was like handing away my baby you know like (laughs) it fucking sucked but i'm glad that it's still gonna live on in some form Mm -hmm. and i i mean i didn't make much money off of it when selling it because it wasn't making me any money um so it wasn't worth a whole lot, but I really, I genuinely just wanted someone to work, like keep it going. And so I just kind of gave it away really. So like, that's the kind of shit that developers have to deal with right now. Even when they had like, in my case, a successful Kickstarter that had a lot of, uh, you know, interest in it there, you, you just can't rely on, like sales after release when it takes yeah. five or six years to fucking make the game in the first place. Mm-hmm. So oh, yeah. and having games that have like front, a terrible press day when they announce like an exclusive launch, like it's going to launch yeah. exclusive on a platform. Um, but like they need that money. Yeah. Um, you they can't, need that guaranteed money. If you don't have like, if you're not in bed with a develop, with a publisher, like you're just kind of, winging it really like and mm-hmm. hoping and praying that your game is going to succeed and if these if companies like Microsoft and Google and Apple are going to just like dump money in so that they can have the Netflix of games that's honestly good for developers maybe in the long run we'll find out that it was bad for consumers but I don't know it, it's just so early I'm I have to say I'm more optimistic than pessimistic but yeah, it's it's certainly going to be a, like the Wild West now for like the next five years. Oh, yeah. yeah. And especially with a bunch of like Apple and Google jumping in to get their slice of the pie. 
you mm-hmm. know, and it's, you know, they're both taking two different approaches, but, um, and then Amazon has, I mean, they've bought game studios and they have their own, uh, uh, like toolkit, but they haven't like, they're going to jump in somehow. Oh, you, like, you know, soon. Bezos is going to get in it. Oh yeah. Bezos is already in it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, all right, let's uh, let's shift gears and stop talking about the future and talk about the future. Um, <laughs> let's, uh, let's talk about uh, 2019, the rest of the year, and just some what we're excited for. What were what some uh, movies that we're excited for? Um, I have three movies for you guys so do you want um do you want me to start this off (laughs) yeah Yeah. let's do it uh all right so um so just looking ahead for just the end of this year um these are i i'm gonna say uh i'm gonna say today right now these are my three most anticipated movies all right, uh, hit us. Tomorrow it might change, but today <laughs> this is it. All right. So, of course, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. This is the new Quentin Tarantino movie. Mm. Um, I uh, let's see. I did not like the last two Tarantino movies. Uh, that being uh, Django Unchained and Hateful Eight. Wow. Um, you're scum. You're really <laughs> scum. Not the biggest fan, but I mean, all the rest of his movies are like, I mean, they are legendary. I love, I love Tarantino, and you know, uh, even if this one is not good or does not meet my expectations, like, I mean, I gotta be excited for it. And uh, I think Brad Pitt. Um, you know, I love Inglorious Bastards, but. Brad Pitt is not the shining star in that movie. No. Um, I really hope he... I mean, he's a good actor. I hope yeah. that this is a better role for him. But Leonardo <laughs> DiCaprio is, like, one of the best actors of all time. And, you know, he was incredible in uh, Django Unchained. <laughs> um, and so, I'm man, I am so excited to watch him you know, do some Tarantino dialogue again. Uh, yeah. I think he, he can just, you know, he's an incredible actor and I think he just gets what he has to do in a, in a Tarantino movie. So you didn't like Django, but you yeah. love DiCaprio in those movies. Huh? Oh, Hey, I mean, in as a whole, I, I'm not a fan of Django Unchained, but I mean, I mean, credit where credits do. Like he's awesome in that movie. Uh, uh, who's the who's Django? Jamie Fox. J- Jamie Fox. Yeah, he's awesome in it. Um, Christoph Waltz is awesome in it. Like, I mean, there's a lot of good in that movie. But as a whole, I I don't know. Maybe I just need to revisit That's, it. I'm just giving you a hard time. <laughs> Listen, dude. <laughs> now so, yeah, tell that, us more about your favorite movie of that new X-Men movie coming out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my second movie um, is a weird one, but I actually just watched the trailer today and it kind of blew my mind. 
but this is Gemini Man. No! Uh, right? What? Yeah. Have you guys no. seen this trailer? Yes. Yes. And it looked fucking terrible. <laughs> oh, shit, dude. I'm on Tyler's side on this one, Ben. Okay. You're a cuck. God. <laughs> wow. Wow. Hang up. This is the Ang Lee movie. Uh, it stars Will Smith as, believe it or not, two Will Smiths. <laughs> um, Can't so make this shit I am. I'm not a fan of Ang Lee. I, I mean, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon is like a masterpiece, but most of his other movies, I mean, it's kind of take it or leave it for him. Yeah. But um, I watched this trailer, and this is, of course, uh, Will Smith is an assassin, and he gets hired to kill himself or something. <laughs> Uh, like the, his younger self is a clone, I think, and so his clone is hired to kill his older self. I'm not exactly sure. Man, I was like mildly interested in until I hit the line in the trailer where he says, "You made a person out of another person." Yeah, that was a, that was a very Will Smith line. Like, yeah, I, well, and someone in the comments pointed out. I mean, isn't that kind of how all people work if you think about it? (laughs) (laughs) True. That's true. Um, I'll I'll take it that this this movie might be super dumb, um, but it looks uh, stylish. I'll give it that. Yeah. Mm. I mean, I'm I'm in on it. I think I'm going to go see it and. I mean, I'm going to hope for the best. And it's got Clive Owen in it, so we can hope that he does something cool again since since (laughs) Children of Men. Because it's been a while. It's been a while. He looks like the, like, evil doctor that, you know, he's going to be, like, the villain at the end of the movie. (laughs) Yeah, Um, for sure. It could be very bad, but... Um, but I mean, Benedict Wong is in it. Mary Elizabeth Winstead. I mean, it kind of has a solid cast, and I'm a sucker for actors playing two different people in the same movie. So <laughs> sign me up. Uh, all right, all right. And my last one. I actually don't know much about this movie. I think it cu- it comes out late in the year. But this is Knives Out. The Movie directed by Ryan Ryan Johnson, it's his mm. follow up to The Last Jedi, um, and I believe it is a like who done it murder mystery that like the entire cast is like a like um, they're like all family members or something. Um, I know very little about this movie, but here's the cast. All right. Daniel Craig, Chris Evans, Michael Shannon, Christopher Christopher Plummer, Jamie Lee Curtis, Tony uh, Collette, um, and Frank Oz apparently. Uh, hopefully he's <laughs> <Okay>. playing Yoda. <laughs> but um, I'm a huge Ryan Johnson fan, so of course, like any movie that he comes out with, I'm going to eat up. Um, but I'm very, I mean, this is, it, it's back to him writing and directing a, like, original story, um, you know, post making a billion dollar Star Wars movie. So mm-hmm. uh, I'm very interested. Um, and wow. Yeah, I, I mean, great about this. 
Very I'll have cool. to check it out. I haven't, I haven't seen the trailer or anything. Yeah, there's no trailer yet. Oh, okay. Um, I think it screened at a festival, like an early like test screening, I think. But And I, I think it's not out until the fall, like possibly November. Um, so it, it's still... It's still a ways away, but oh boy, I'm, I mean, sign me up. That does cool. sound promising. Mm-hmm. Neil, uh, what's on your horizon? Oh, well, um, movie wise, I kind of just play that. I don't look so far ahead. Like obviously the new Quentin Tarantino is going to be gr- like, I'm definitely going to see that. Fast and Furious, Hobbs and Shaw, gonna <laughs> see that. Idris <laughs> uh, Elba no. as like a Terminator. Right. Yeah. I mean, how can it go wrong? Uh, but yeah, there's some, there's a few things um, that I'm kind of pumped for. But I'm gonna shift it into like video games uh, that I'd be that I tend to look forward to more that I do more of my uh, uh, research into. Like the announcement of Borderlands Three. I'm oh, huge, yeah. very interested in that because like I'm so big into that series and I love it. And then. <laughs> I'm skeptical to say it, but I'm also hoping for the best that the the Star Wars games that were announced, the Fallen Order, uh, Jedi mm. Fallen Order one, it's being done by Respawn, which is yeah. the Titanfall folks. So it's, I mean, it's, they're still under EA. That's not going to, I don't know if that's ever going to change, but like I have more faith in respawn than I do most of their other studios for like AAA titles. I Titanfall 2 might be my favorite game of the last like five years. Right. I fucking well, love that series. So I, that's what I'm hoping is is the case for this one too. Um and they just give them free reign because I feel like God, I say this, but like I feel like maybe EA is gonna let them do their thing, but I know that's not the case. But I can. Man, there the stuff coming out about Apex Legends, it almost sounds like they are like pre- the EA is pretty hands off from them. That mm-hmm. if that's the case, then yeah, give me any like. Give me it. Like the world is too short of Star Wars games at the moment that are like quality. So like, and it's just such a big. What are you talking about? EA has a ten-year contract, and it's been (laughs) nine years. (laughs) (laughs) They're about to release their second game. Right. I remember. I remember reading uh, an article about Apex Legends and what a surprise that was for EA because they basically like they allowed them to release it was it just like a couple weeks before anthem came out and yeah uh, and they were like oh fuck this is gonna eat our own lunch (laughs) (laughs) we did not expect this oh god and anthem kind of didn't talk about it until like 48 hours before it was released nuts Yeah. yeah so God, and it's just so well supported and everything like that's what you need like I you know I got I had Star Wars Battlefront 2 and it it it's not terrible it, it it was riddled with a ton of problems in the beginning both at the corporate level and and gameplay level but it, it actually shaped up to be pretty darn good in my opinion but it just and they're still releasing content right and, For yeah, it? and, it, and they're actually still releasing content and and stuff like I'm surprised it's actually still being supported 
in all honesty. So, like, maybe they are starting to slowly turn things around and they're letting, you know, their developers have a little bit more leeway. And I know Star Wars is a different beast because I just know that has to go through so many checks and balances just to make, you know, subtle changes just because Mm -hmm. you have to get approval from flipping Lucas or not him specifically, but they're like <laughs> yeah, Kathleen I mean, Kennedy pretty much yeah. has to stamp it and say, this yeah. is okay. So, but you know, here's, here's to hoping that we get some really quality, like star Wars stuff, you know, mm-hmm. down the line. So yeah, that's what I'm setting for. for that game is something that like, hasn't really been touched right. too much. Right. Um, I'm, I mean, it, it that trailer looks exciting. I'm still not sold on it, um, but yeah. I I mean this. I hope the story is really good because I mean mm-hmm. it's very promising. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right, guys. Well, I am gonna. I have two things that I'm really anticipating. One is a little bit farther in the future, and one is very very soon. So my first thing I'm t- anticipating is the adaptation of Dune, directed oh. by Denis Villeneuve, and oh man, and starring I, every attractive person on the planet, <laughs> <laughs> and even a few not so attractive people that are just incredible actors. Uh, yeah, this is uh, Dune might be my favorite science fiction novel. Uh, like uh, of any I've ever read I've read it at least three times and man it it's one of those stories where like you read it and you're like yeah I don't know if I want this to be made into a movie because it's just so perfect as it is and then they announced that like your favorite director of all time is going to be adapting it and I'm like (laughs) oh shit well yeah okay I guess it'll be I guess it'll be good I mean it's not (laughs) what are the odds that this can be bad there's too many too many cool people involved that I trust that if it if it turns out to be shit I'm going to be like devastated (laughs) I I don't know man just I and I'm not ultra familiar with Dune but like I can see this going the way of Blade Runner 2049 where it's like it's spectacular it's an amazing film i'd say it's one of my favorite films that came out that year but like yeah. people don't know what to do with that like yeah. I, I just think yeah. it's not for the masses but yeah I, i'm excited to see what i think that come out best with. case scenario though if it's Maybe. as good as that movie oh yeah absolutely but i i and i think blade runner 2049 had other things going for it that I mean, that is not a mass appeal movie, right? Like, even by premise alone, like, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter who you tie to that project. It doesn't sound exciting. Like, a sequel of a movie from, like, 30 years ago that <laughs> is, like, a droll detective story set in the, a dreary future. Like, it just yeah. it sounds absurd that it even got greenlit. But it's the first perfect. two hours of that movie are about an android detective uh, just reading like old books about yep. another android detective <laughs> while yep. talking to his AI girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> and then somehow it's like one of the best sci-fi movies to come out in years. Yeah, but, right. So, but the thing is with Dune, Dune is like it has the potential to be 
a mass appeal thing if they can like tap into it the right way this has like giant fucking sandworms like Mm -hmm. that's that is a that's like a cultural uh like a cultural touchstone right like everyone can relate to the cool factor of a giant fucking sandworm i if they can just advertise this in the right way i think it has the potential to be uh denny villeneuve's like most successful movie he's ever released um yeah could be i it just it will be really interesting to see how well it performs i'm ultimately confident that it will be at least a good movie if not great Mm -hmm. so um yeah i'm super excited for that can't wait it's 2021 is it coming out or is it 2020 um imdb says 2020 okay so yeah not uh, i mean i mean they're filming now but yeah they're filming now yep yeah yeah it's gonna be a long wait for that one so (laughs) yeah um but i can tell you what you're not gonna have a long wait for (laughs) And that's the return of the fucking Pop Tart Minute. Oh, <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, yeah, yeah, oh yeah. God. So, um, special edition. This oh is uh, the... we vowed to never do this again. By the way, but it's happening right now for you. My, I'm calling this my is... lawyers right now. <laughs> Uh, hey, it, it might be a one-time thing. This, this is your lucky day. Uh, so I was walking down the cereal aisle as one does the other day, and I, I, when I abandoned this segment, I, I abandoned it full-heartedly. I have not eaten a pop tart since the last pop tart minute. Wow, it's been dark days. I've been trying to live m- more healthily. Okay, so that was part of it. But when I came across this product. I was magnetically drawn back to it after having (laughs) passed by. Friends, this is not Pop-Tarts. This is Pop-Tart cereal. What? Okay. Yes. Yes, it exists. It's a thing. Pop-Tart cereal. It is a small piece of, like, puffed, uh, puffed grain cereal with a hollow pocket in the middle with a tiny dab of jelly. Okay, and it's yeah. frosted with little sprinkles on the outside. Of course. It looks kind of like a frosted mini wheat, but it's not. Mm. It's it's lighter. It's not as like it's not as dense as a mini wheat. It's very puffy and light and very crunchy. But the middle is like this and I, I'll say when I say this, it's going to sound disgusting, <laughs> but it it's not as bad as you think. It's a tiny bit soggy in the middle <laughs> from Jesus the jelly. Um, oh, but I will say the flavor is pretty good. It approximates the flavor of a pop. I'm just now realizing how fucking absurd this stupid fucking segment is. I had a moment of insight. Oh god! Just now realizing it. Yeah. No. I. Uh, okay. I, I ate these. I actually fucking did this. Oh my god. They taste the quite a bit. Point of this segment. He's talk, super he's, talk, he's actually talking himself off the ledge this time. <laughs> oh my god. I, I'm looking at the box right now and I'm thinking, oh god, how many of those did I eat? Do I need to eat more? Yes, the answer is yes. So you're not finished with the box? Not quite, no. It, um, they, I've, so I have discovered one thing. They taste better just as a snack straight from the box than they do in milk. 
it's a little too weird yeah. when drink when eating it as cereal with milk on it. But they're pretty good as just like a pop in your mouth approximation of a pop tart. So <laughs> I will say if you are just really into the flavor of pop tarts, but you don't have the patience to like rip open an individually sealed package and put them in your toaster. Um, the pop tart cereal is pretty good. It's pretty good. Um, it's yeah. I'll admit that it's it's good, and I broke my streak of not eating anything Pop Tart related. Um, oh yeah, so that that was a little more than a minute about Pop Tarts. <laughs> All right, we can't um, do this ever again. <laughs> uh, I've been I've been thinking about branching out. Maybe we'll do the uh, the Oreo minute. They have a ton oh of flavors man. of those. Oh boy, <laughs> I. Just recently had a fruit by the foot. Uh, yeah, fruit by the foot. You guys remember those? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, dude, they're great. Yeah, I probably haven't had one since like middle school. I was I, probably like a preteen the last time I had one. I live and, in Cedar Rapids or near Cedar Rapids, Iowa, and there's a Quaker Oats factory that makes oh, fruit shit. by the foot. Oh my god, a fresh fruit by the foot? Are you kidding me? Oh my god! <laughs> to Watch die for. Uh, yeah, they're not good. That, that's oh, just, oh god! It's too You're much. my heart, Ben. It's too much, like whatever that is, whatever. <laughs> Colored gelatin, <laughs> yum. Yeah. Yes. Um, two questions about pop tart cereal. I apologize. Okay. Yeah. Let's bring it back. Let's do it. <clears throat> One thing. Uh, what flavor were they? Was this like standard uh, strawberry? Yes. So they have two flavors. They have a strawberry and a blueberry, I believe. And I had the strawberry. Okay. It was. And then yeah. You described them as. M- Mini wheats uh, is that the size of them? Is that yeah, they're pretty size close to the size and shape of a mini wheat, um, but more like uh, it has it's more like the consistency of like a kicks on the outside, okay? So, okay. you know, and so airy, how much crunchy. jelly is in it? it it's barely any, like, okay. It, if you if I didn't tell you it was a pop tart cereal, you'd bite into it and you'd be like, oh, it tastes like a pop tart, but you you might not have noticed even that there was like a little bit of jelly in there, okay. Um, that was three questions. I apologize. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All That's right. Let's wrap it. I feel no better, no better spot to just shut this down. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's do that. If people have um, made it this far, I mean, congratulations. Thank yeah, you. you. Thank you, everyone. A tiny, tiny pop tart. <laughs> <laughs> a whole box of them. A whole box oh, of them. Um. All right. That's it for us. Uh, in two weeks, we're going to get back in to talking about some Julia Moore with a pretty incredible movie. The kids are all right. Uh, got a bunch of Oscar nominations, um, I think, for Best Picture. Is that right? Mm, yeah. Um, Let's say it, that's the case. <laughs> uh, and yes. The, and it's the opposite of that one Offspring song. The kids aren't all right. <laughs> Oh shit! Yeah. Uh, wow. What a band. What a band. <laughs> um, never seen so many people 
barking when that song comes on and people start singing to it. It's that and who let the dogs out. It's just a room full of people barking. Uh, that's not the song. I'm talking about uh, what's the Offspring song where people bark? I have no idea. It's the I don't know. Pretty fly, pretty fly for a white guy. That has barking in it, doesn't it? No. Are you thinking about that Jane's Addiction song that has barking in it? Uh, no, no. Um, there it, is a though, song that the Offspring has where there's like a dog off of a leash and it's like CGI running through a city. I want to oh. say. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, you're I don't right. think there's barking in that song, though. I think I know I what I'm talking know. about. Um, all right, Jesus Christ! <laughs> what the fuck are we doing with our lives? 